Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Everybody, thank you for coming into Breakfast with Champions here. I'm excited for this opportunity to share with all of you on 
this Monday. And you know, when I knew I was going to be speaking here today, the first thing, uh, somebody's unmuted there, somebody's unmiked. When I first found out that I was going to be talking here today, what, I do the same thing that I always do. I go look and see what is the theme, what's the topic. And I saw the topic here today was what comes first, a leap of faith or a leap of action. And the answer is it actually could be a little bit of both. It depends on how you define each one of those words. But it, either way, it led to the topic that I'm going to discuss here today, which is the 10% rule of information and action. You even call this the 10% rule of faith and action. And when I, I remember when I wrote my first book, I've written a, a lot of books. When I wrote my first one, probably about 10, 11 years ago, 97% of what I now know about writing books and about the publishing industry and about editing and uh, design, cover design and formatting and all of the stuff that I know about books now, 97% of it I did not know when I wrote my first book. And when I say wrote the book, I mean I wrote it, I put it out, told people about it, let them download it and read it and everything. I only knew 3% of what I know now. And I'm telling you that to tell you this. I started anyway, put the book out, and then you know what I did? I went and wrote the next one. And since we have so much access to information these days, and uh, this is not about books, this can be about anything. Since we have so much access to information these days, many people make the mistake of convincing themselves, and sometimes we also do it, convince ourselves, that the only thing we need in order for us to get started, in order for us to take successful action, is we just need one new piece of information. Oh, this person has a course on this. Or right, let me take that course before I get started. Oh, there's a book on this subject. Let me go read that book before I go and invest and you know, start this business or before I put more time into this project that I want to work on. We are always one piece of information away from getting that result that we need to get to. So we're always telling ourselves, okay, let me not get started yet. Let me go get that information and that information. Let me go to this conference. Let me take this course. Let me learn something from this person right here. Let me sign up for this free Zoom call. Then after I do all of that, then I'll get started. But that is false. The truth is much simpler and much more finite than gathering, quote, more information, close quote. And I'm going to explain what I mean here in, as usual, three simple points. Point number one, the topic again is the 10% rule of information and action. Here's the rule. I'll give it to you up front. You only need... 10% of the information to get started. That's the rule. You do not need 100% of the information. That is impossible. I'll explain that in a minute. You don't need 50% of the information. 10% is enough information for any of us to get started and begin taking action on what we want to do. And I want to make something clear from the beginning. When you have only 10% of the information and you get started, it's a pretty good chance that the actions that you take with 10% of information will probably not produce the desired ideal outcome. You're probably not going to get the desired outcome the first time you try if you only have 10% of the information, but I'm telling you to do it anyway. Even though I'm telling you, you're probably not going to succeed the first time. Because what's going to happen when you get started with that 10% of information, several things are going to happen. But one thing is, you'll start learning through action. We call this activity knowledge. You learn through action. You iterate, meaning you figure out, okay, that part didn't work, but these parts did work. So let me get rid of the part that didn't. Let me find something else there. And let me keep the parts that did work. Then you make your adjustments. And then what do you do? You try again. This time, now you're instead of 10% of information, now you have about, maybe you have 18% of information the second time. You repeat that. Next time you got 31% of information. And this is the reason why 
Most people do not act on just 10% of the information, even though I just told you this is what's going to happen. Most people don't want to do anything until they have what they call their guarantee of success. They want to know that what they're going to do is going to work. They say things like, they might not say, well, Dre, I need a guarantee of success before I, I go do anything. Most people won't say that because you'll kind of sound like an asshole. Like, I want to get 10%. I want to make sure I have a guarantee of success before I do anything. Most people won't admit that because it sounds stupid, but they will say things like, well, I want to make sure I do things right. All right. I want to make sure that I don't mess this up. I want to make sure I don't waste my time. I want to make sure that I have the right information. I want to make sure that I'm following the proper steps. These are all forms of the exact same excuse. This is not a reason. It is an excuse to not get started with just 10% of information because people want a guarantee of success. And as the, to borrow and paraphrase the cliche, the only place guarantee comes before success is in the dictionary. Now to make sure I'm looking at those words. Yes, G does become before S in the dictionary. It's the only place where a guarantee comes before success. And the thing is this, once you get started with that 10%- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Information and you start to gain that activity knowledge, you will learn along the way. And another thing that happens is you jump yourself ahead of everybody else who has this excuse of, well, I need a guarantee of success or whatever form of that phrase that they want to use. And in my experience, the smarter the person, the better they are with, you know, playing with words and coming up with a phrase that sounds socially acceptable, even though they might not call it a guarantee of success. That's what they, they're holding out for before they get started on doing something. It is impossible to have a guarantee of success before doing something. You're waiting on an impossibility, which is why most people never achieve. They set themselves up to say, well, I'm not going to do this until I get this. But the thing that they're waiting on is impossible to achieve. Therefore, they never have a impetus to get started. Therefore, they never do get started. Therefore, they never achieve. And before you know it, they have taken all of their talent, skill, and potential to the most valuable real estate known to man. And y'all thought the most valuable real estate was somewhere in Miami Beach or some zip code in California? No, the most valuable real estate in the world is called the cemetery. It's called the graveyard because that's where people take all of their value and all of their skills and potential and they die with it. And therefore, no one in the world ever gets value from it, including themselves. Understand that there will always be things that you don't know. If you think about it right now, whatever area, whatever your area of expertise is, everyone who's in this room right now, you have some area of expertise where you know more than most people. There is new information on that subject being created and shared right now at this very moment while you're listening to me. You will never have all of the information. So your job, knowing this, accepting this logically as well as emotionally, more importantly emotionally, you should get started now and then you'll figure things out as you go. That's just point number one. Let's move on to point number two. We are talking again about the 10% rule of information and action. So here's a question. Somebody may say to me, Dre, okay, that makes sense. I'm going to enact this 10% rule of information, Dre. I have 10% of the information. I'm going to go get started as you told me to. But what if I still don't actually know where to begin? I don't actually know what is the, you know, what is the first thing I'm going to do in this situation. Well, good. This is a good thing. Because you're not supposed to know. Because you only have 10% of the information after all. Right, you don't know where to begin. Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you have a guess? If you just had to take your best 
just your your best educated guess. If you just had to, if someone offered you a million dollars to figure out what's the first thing you could do, again, we all understand that 90% of the information, you don't even have it. So nobody's expecting you to be perfect here because we all know you don't have most of the information. If you just had to figure out, what would you do first if you had to figure something out? If someone offered you money to just come up with anything, you don't even have to be right. Where would you begin? Uh, whatever your answer is to that question, or start there. Learn along the way, gain activity knowledge, make your iterations, make your adjustments, wash, rinse, repeat, and then just keep doing it over and over again. Even if you don't know where to begin, that's exactly the point. You're not supposed to know because if you knew everything, again, you would already have achieved the outcome. So third point, we're talking the 10% rule of information and action here. What if you're in a special situation and you really need more information than just that 10% to get started? What if you really need more? Now, there are some situations in life. There are some spaces where you do need to have more information before you get started. For example, if you're going to fly a plane, you do want to probably have more than 10% of the information before you get started. If you're going to perform some form of a surgery on another person's body, I did a lot of money in malpractice, malpractice or litigation these days. You probably want to get more than 10% of the information. If you're going to get married to somebody, I would suggest you get more than 10% of the information before you jump into that. So there are some areas, a few areas in life where you do want to have more than 10% of the information before you begin. If that's true, then surely you will probably have some pretty good ideas of what that more actually is. You know what more you need to know before you do anything. So your action step at that point is to just go get the information. If you know what the missing information is, you know what that necessary information is, then all you have to do at this point is make it your business to go and acquire it. This should probably be an easier step for you since your path is quite clear compared to those who are only working with that 10%. So, for example, when I wanted to come out of college, my first career was playing professional sports. I wanted to play professional sports, but I didn't have any prospects. There was no real information on how to go do it. But I figured that I knew what the next step was going to be. I needed to go somewhere where people could actually know that I existed so I could at least be on the radar of someone who might be able to help me get my first opportunity to play professional. So I needed to go to an event where these people who were the decision makers in that world where they gathered to look at people like me, the prospects, the talent who wanted to get that opportunity. They were there to pass out. So I saved up my money. I found one of those events. I got some time off of work at the time. I was working at this gym called Valley Total Fitness, selling memberships. Uh, they're out of business now, but hopefully not because of me. I think I did pretty well for Valley. But I went to that event, did my thing at that event, and that's where I first got myself seen. Whatever's my appearance there to go get myself a basketball agent, which is an agent works in the sports world, the same way they work in the literary world, the same way they work in the acting world, is that they are the go-between between the job opportunities and the people who want the job opportunities. And that's how I got myself started. So I had an idea of what direction I needed to go in. I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. I didn't know exactly how it was going to happen, but I had an idea of how to get started. And again, I only had 10% of the information. At that point, I probably had less than 10% of the information. All I had was I had my what and I had my why. The what was I want to get into this industry professionally as an athlete. I knew I, that was my what. That was my clear outcome. My why was I had some reasons logically and emotionally that were pushing me to go and rather pulling me is a better way of saying it, pulling me to go and do what I needed to do so I could achieve that what, even though I didn't even know what I needed to do. I just had an idea. So I just kept trying things until something worked out. 
So my job is actually pretty easy at this point. Find one thing that can work for me. Sign up for that. Do that. Let's see if that works. Did that get me my outcome? No. Okay, let's try something else. Did that get me my outcome? No, let's try something else. And it's similar to, I think I heard Tony Robbins use this analogy, so I'll give him credit for it. If a baby is trying to learn how to walk, you know, how many times do you give that baby a chance to learn how to walk before you shut him down and say you can't try anymore? Of course, the baby keeps trying. And this is why all of us have, or at least have had, the ability to walk at some point because we keep trying over and over again until we find what works. And understand, we're talking about a baby. They might not even understand language. They can't understand the words that I'm saying right now. They just keep trying over and over again until they get to the outcome that they want. And the biggest challenge, and this is actually not even a challenge, I'd say the biggest failure point for a lot of people in life is not that they don't have enough information, even though all of us, any of you who is a, you work as a, a person who is, you work B2C, meaning you have consumers and clients who, or prospects who come to you and share their challenges around whatever it is they know you for, or what they think you can help with. How often do we get people who tell us, well, the thing that's holding me back right now, or the thing that's slowing me down, or the thing that I need to, the challenge that I need to resolve in order for me to get to where I want to go is what? I need more information. I don't know where to begin. I don't know what to do about this problem. Or they mentioned some challenge that you can come up with. They can probably come up with a pretty simple response to, but for whatever reason, they're stopping themselves from getting to it. The biggest failure point for most people in life is not a lack of information. Absolutely not a lack of information. Anytime somebody tells you, they're not getting to their outcomes. They don't have enough information. 97% of the time, that's bullshit. Most of the time, people don't achieve what they want to achieve. It is because a lack of persistence. They are unwilling to persist. And let's try this plan. Did that work? Yes or no? All right. No? Okay. It's kind of like a, a mind map or not a mind map, but a decision tree. All right. That didn't work. Okay. Now let's try something else. Did that work? Yes or no? No? Okay. Let's try something else. And keep doing it over and over again until you find the outcome, until you find the action or the plan that's going to get you to your result. Most people fail simply because they are, A, unwilling to start without 100% of the information, so they fail through inaction, they never actually do anything, or B, they fail because once they do start with whatever amount of information, somewhere under 100%, they don't get the result that they wanted, and then they don't try again. Most people, if you, if I was to ask this question of the room, I want all of you to just think of your answer here, and I'm going to open the mic up in a minute, but just think of your answer. How many times do you think, I should have asked this before I, gave, before I said what I just said, but how many times do you think the average person tries anything before they give up and never try again? If you just had to think of a number, how many times does the average person try something? Where they give up and say, all right, I'm just not going to try that again. And they just consign themselves to, I'm not going to achieve in that specific area. Two to three times. One. Two One three time. times. One. One Zero. Seven. Seven. Ten. Ten. Wow, y'all are some ambitious people. All right, the answer is between zero and one. Zero and one. Now, how can somebody try between zero and one times, Jerry? That doesn't even make sense mathematically. Well, let me tell you how it makes sense. Reason that makes sense is because most people actually never try at all. Now, this room, those of you throwing out those those big whole numbers, three, seven, ten, that's because we're a room full of overachievers. You might be looking at yourself. Right? Just remember that you are not you are not your avatar. Okay. <laughs> most people are not like us. Most people are not like you. Most people do not try anything ten times before they give up. Like, think of how many people you know have tried something ten times 
and then kept trying or I tried at least 10 times and then gave up and said, oh, I tried 10 times and didn't get my outcome. How many people do you actually know who've done that? And you could probably count them on your fingers. Okay. Most people will try once. Well, not actually, let me back up. Most people try zero times. And what they do is they think about it. They think in their mind, okay, I want to do this thing that they heard about, know about, have been dreaming about, whatever. Then they maybe take a look and they get some semblance of an idea of how hard it might be or how much work might be to go into it or how many people have tried and not succeeded or how many people have succeeded and how, how much hard work it looks like that person has had to do or they get some idea of what is required in order to achieve that outcome. And before they take one action, they decide not to and they do absolutely nothing. So this is how we get so many people at the zero level. And then you got a few people. These are the, uh, the few standouts. These are the people who tried one time. They realized how hard it is, that it was more work than they thought it was going to be. It took more time than they thought it would take. It might require a lot more of an investment. And you got five forms of investment in life, more than just money. You got time, money, attention, energy, and focus. You need all five to achieve in any area of life. They realize that it takes more than what they thought it would take. It's a little bit harder than they thought it would be. They try, don't get the outcome, and they say, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Either because they don't want to make the investment, they don't want to put in the work, which is part of the investment, or maybe they don't want to deal with the what they consider to be the public scrutiny or the ridicule that might come with somebody knowing that they tried something and did not succeed when that's actually a, a false excuse because most people are not thinking about you the same way you are not thinking about most other people. So that's how the number is actually between zero and one. So any of you who's thinking three, seven, or ten times to try something before you give up, yes, that's for you. We are the exceptions if you really think about it. Most people never, ever try that many times before they achieve anything. So this 10% rule of information and action, I'm going to recap my points here. Then I want to open the floor. We have about uh, 10 minutes, unless someone corrects me on that, 10 minutes for me to take questions and get some feedback from everybody on what I talked about here. Three points really quickly. Number one, you only need 10% of information to get started, not half of it, not 100%, definitely not 100%. Just to start taking action, you will learn through activity knowledge, through your actions, iterate, adjust, try again. Next time you have 18%, next time 31%. Most people want to guarantee success before they get started. It is impossible to guarantee success before you do anything. That's the only place guarantee comes before success is in the dictionary. Number two, what if you still don't know where to begin? Good. You're not supposed to know where to begin. Take your best educated guess as to where to begin. Go try it. If that doesn't work and it turns out that was not the right place to begin, then try something else and keep trying until you find the way to get started and now you know point number one, and then do the exact same process. You get to point number two, exact same process, point number three. The good thing, we have a whole bunch of uh, information entrepreneurs and thought leaders out there who can help you and tell you what steps number one, two, three, or four are. So you don't need to get 100% of information from them, but you can at least get some and know exactly where to begin to get started. So this excuse, perish it, delete this excuse. And number three, what if you're in a special situation and you really need more than just 10% of information. I agree. Flying a plane, performing surgery, getting married, you should get more than 10% of information. If that's true, then you should probably have a good idea of what more information you need so that your action step is now. You know exactly what you need. Now, go get it. That's exactly what I figured with myself. I knew there were only a few first steps that I could possibly take when I wanted to become a pro athlete. I tried them all, and when I found the one that worked, okay, that one's knocked down. Now, what's the next step? Now, what's the next step? Now, what's the next step? This is by the process of elimination. This requires one skill. One tool starts with the letter P. It is called persistence. Most people fail in life because of a lack of persistence and continuing to try, even though their previous attempts have failed. So with all of that said, I want to open the floor. And who has a question, comment, concern, thought 
Anything hey. I share here about the 10% rule, information and action. Hey, Dre, this is Tony. So I, I you What's know, up, Tony? this kind of all good, man. I love what you're sharing this morning. It actually ties into what I was talking about this morning, the primary question. When you said most people tried between zero and one, I was surprised. I really thought it was between one and three. Uh, yet to that point, that primary question will keep you from taking action. Going right back to what I was saying this morning, it will keep you from taking action because you're afraid of the judgment that will come if you fail. Right? Because so right. many people feel like they're not enough or they're not good enough, so they don't want to be proven right. Uh, so that's mm -hmm. and that's all about fear. So I love it. And, uh, you know, so often people also say, I've tried everything. Then you really hunker down. Well, how many times? And it sounds like you've been to at least a couple of uh, Tony Robbins, or at least one Tony Robbins event, right? Um, it, you know, and he'll say it all the time. So how many times did you try? I tried everything. Really, how many times did you try? A hundred, a thousand? How many times did you try? And usually you know, they've tried two or three, maybe, maybe. Uh, in many cases, probably zero to one, which is great. So just thought I'd uh, jump in on that. So thanks. Great, uh, great uh, topic this morning. Absolutely. Thank you for that feedback, Tony. And it's you're 100 percent correct. Most people will think about it before they even do anything one time. There's only a few people even try once, fail and then quit. So you're absolutely right. Somebody else is on mic. Yeah. T Tony, you yes, indeed. Too, that those people going to those Tony Robbins events are slightly more motivated probably than some of the average people but dre as a Agreed. professional athlete myself man i remember watching your videos when i was going to my first combines in vegas um and i remember telling people after i got my first job finally that i sent out six thousand emails in a basement in germany when i went over there with an agent who took my money and so i with the conversations that i've had post that when people have said you know how did you get your first job you know, I got this event coming up. I'm so excited. It's a make or break. It's everything. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, it's not. No, it's not. And I, I need everyone in the room to hear this too, because this is exactly what you're talking about. Like getting your foot in the door does not mean getting your first opportunity. It means being around enough that people start respecting you and you show up because it's that there's a cultural effect when you show up in the, in the room, in the same rooms over and over and over again. And people start to be like, oh, that's Dre. Like, I, I played with him one time. Or, oh, that's that's Niku. I remember her from the last business meeting that she kept showing up to. She's volunteering at. And people start to know your name, and they start to get to know you outside of who you are, like, on the court or who you are in the room. And they start to they start to vouch for you. Like, the culture starts to work for itself. And then you, then you show up, and people are like, oh, okay, like, I'm actually looking at you. Because a lot of times... When these people that are showing up that are making decisions, they're not even paying attention to you because they already have an idea of who they want in their head because they've heard about them. So I just wanted everyone in the room to think about that. Like when you're thinking about the decisions that you need to make and these actions that you need to take, understand that getting your foot in the door is about them starting to know who you are. And yeah, that first impression is really important. And I hope people show out, but it's so much more than that. And I just had to say that. And because I remember watching your YouTube videos. When I was going through the same thing there at the same time, my friend. So it's great to meet you. One hundred percent, Jeremy. I, I really appreciate that. And you're one hundred. You're one hundred percent correct. Is just getting yourself started, getting out there and taking action. You open yourself up to luck. I tell people the number one way to get lucky is to be outside. Metaphorically speaking, maybe sometimes literally, is that you have to be where things are happening. You want to get lucky. You got to be where luck is happening. And usually, luck is happening where other connected people, people who are already doing the thing are at and that's why you get on go to places like breakfast with champions you go to live events you go to where masterminds are happening because that's where the luck is occurring you cannot get lucky sitting on your couch 
just typing in on Instagram. You got to go to where things are actually happening. So you are proof positive of that because I know you know the world that I'm talking about the same way that you got to be out there where it's taking place. So I appreciate that feedback. All right. Who else has a, a question, comment, thing they want to add to what we talked about here? 10 percent rule. Yes, indeed. Uh, yes, indeed. I, I want to salute you for the comments you've made. In fact, they are not comments. They are proven strategies. The law of repetition. Mm -hmm. That means if you try the first time and you are unsuccessful, it means you should try the second time. Mm -hmm. I've had a, a, a unique privilege of working with inner city kids in downtown London, uh, and Birmingham and Manchester, up in the UK. And the first thing they do, the reason why they fear maths in school is because they don't want to get it wrong. So they don't just attempt at all. They say no idea. When you write something down, you say no idea, your brain shuts off from trying. So you may have an idea that is not correct. You may have an idea that is correct. You may have an idea that is half correct. But because of that fear, that fear, inertia comes in and you are not able to do anything. So I'm so blessed to hear directly from you, echoing and re-echoing what made us get the Guinness Book of Record in the first instance. Because our first attempt was atrocious. The second attempt was better. So when the adjudicator came, what everybody saw on telly was the final act. But most people think that was the first act. I think that's another, an, another thing that we learned from Michael Jordan, that the shots, he mixed more shots while he was training than he got right when, while he was playing. Is the difference between training and playing that you are breaking that down to us today in very, very simple, clear terms for any person to hear and understand and therefore go back and implement this 10% rule. I salute you. And I love your honesty and I love your brutal clarity so that there are no ambiguities. There's no someone, oh, perhaps, maybe, no. You made it clear like night and day. And I'm, I'm so excited. I wish I was able to get my, all my students, I tried to ping them in. I wish I was able to get them to listen directly to you. Sadly, it's not being recorded, but I'll send them your, your tip, your tips and, and uh, video links. Thank you very much indeed. You are a blessing to yourself. You're a blessing to the community, you're a blessing that will take us to the promised land. I'm dumb speaking. Professor Chris Mafidon. Appreciate you, Professor Chris. How do you really feel? But I appreciate you for, I appreciate you sharing that. I thank you for that that feedback. And you're one hundred percent right with the, the repetition, just being willing to try over and over again. And each time you get a little bit better, but it requires that persistence, it requires that mental toughness. So you are hundred percent on that as well. I appreciate that feedback. I think we got time for one more person to share feedback, if there is anyone, before we pass the mic over. Anyone else have some feedback on this? Amanda Tanner here. Hey, Tanner. Hi. I um, Well, thank you so much. Um, just so much value in what you shared. Uh, and just to speak on the persistence and uh, kind of uh, my own personal experience being that as I sit in these rooms, I really do day in and day out sit and feverishly take notes. I've pulled off the side of the road to, you know, make sure I get every one of the seven steps, all these things. And I just keep taking the notes and I just keep taking the notes. As I visit my own social media, I've actually seen in my memories that it's three years ago, two years ago, five years ago, 
that I am doing the things that I'm sitting here taking notes about, trying to figure out to, to somehow execute one day. And uh, it's been my memories recently in Facebook or Instagram that are showing me I had it in me. I, I started it at some point, but that persistence and discipline was missing. And the thought of, had I been doing this all these years, instead of just trying to get every note from every expert in every platform, you know, where would I be uh, today if I had just kept the persistence of just what's already inside me? So again, thank you so much, Dre, for uh, pouring into us today. And I love you all. Have a great day. Appreciate you, Amanda. And thank you, everybody, for the time, attention, and feedback. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.